0: Just kind of talking about um, grief and how we process grief. And Charlene is my business coach and writing coach, uh, but has just really become my friend over the last year. And she's doing this 45 days of grief with me, Had traveled all the way from North Carolina to do the sweat lodge last night um, around grief. And so, and you've experienced some pretty significant loss yourself. Yes. Tell us um, what you did, how, because we're trying to do this whole series on how do you actually go through the process? Everyone talks about what the process should look like. Um, All of the theories say, yes, you have to process this, Um, but they don't really say how. How did you process some of your grief? Maybe in three stages, like initially
1: so when my husband passed away when my children were very small they were two and four so sort of at the time i felt like i was just really kind of running around after them and i didn't have time to really fall apart i guess or you know take care of myself as much so during those times i sort of tried to distract myself by telling myself that my husband was just at work or i remember vividly dropping the kids off at school and just on the drive it was a really long drive. i would Mm -hmm. cry on the way there and cry on the way back and that's sort of what i did i didn't dedicate a lot of time to grieve i would say early on Mm -hmm. and then over time i started to process things and i think i had the most dedicated time processing it as i wrote a book about it so Mm -hmm. i was sort of recalling all the events and in thinking about what it was and that was much years and years later, and I would say that grief never really goes away, but it's a part of your life all the time, and, you know, my mm-hmm. children and I talk about my husband, and they can't remember him as much as I would love for them to remember him, mm-hmm. but, you know, they were very young, and I think even though they didn't kind of process that, it's it's mm-hmm. a part of their identity now. Yeah. And we talked about
0: that because I, I lost my father um, in a, uh, from a brain aneurysm when I was 10 months old, and I don't think, I spent my whole life thinking it didn't impact me because I didn't know him, um, but the series of events that happened after, the fact that I didn't have a father, um, all those things impacted me uh, through that time. And I know as a mom, you were just like thinking, how do I not traumatize my kids (laughs)
1: that's that's (laughs) what we do as moms like all the time and I yeah and I think that they probably feel traumatized by me a lot of the time but unfortunately you know I always try to tell them and make the most of the situation and just say you know you're having this one-of-a-kind childhood that nobody else is (laughs) but I I do feel that pressure of being both mom and dad at times and I feel Mm feel like I was a better mom before he passed away, but now I'm a pretty good dad. That's how I feel about it.
0: <laughs> so we've been working together for a while and you you understand the mentally strong method and how all of these different categories need to be dealt with uh, differently. Do you, do you think that would have been helpful um, had you known that you know in the earlier stages of grief?
1: I definitely think so for sure and just kind of taking the time to really process it Mm -hmm. and so many people as you said think there should be a set timeline for grief and that you should get it all done up front and really for me that wasn't the case at all to the point Mm -hmm. where people thought my behavior was maybe not the same as someone who had just lost someone because Mm -hmm. I was doing a lot in my power just to kind of put it on the back burner and try to present a strong front. It sort of felt like Mm -hmm. if I was grieving in front of the children, I may make them feel worse. And really, I wanted to just make them feel okay and that they were safe and that they were loved Mm -hmm. and that their life was going to be okay. And so I I think if I had something where I could schedule time to grieve, Mm -hmm. get on with my day-to-day life, it really would have been helpful for me.
0: But you knew that there. there came a time where you were like, "I I have to actually process this," and you chose to write a book. Um, And you know that's what I always talk about. Like we've got to find the time to grieve, even if it's years later. Tell us about that process of writing the book.
1: So I was writing the book, and I was trying to recall a lot of the events that happened. My husband passed away really suddenly. He left for work one day and didn't come home and there was a series of events leading up to that which I really mm. think of as a night of torture because mm. his helicopter went missing and I knew it was missing but I didn't know the outcome and it transpired over this series of 8 hours maybe 10 hours it was just mm. all night and it it was really just a horrific experience in and, in and mm. You know, At the time, I thought it was bad, but I think until I actually wrote the book, I realized just how wow. intense and how stressful the whole entire situation was, both when it happened and afterwards, because it became a, a story on the news, and people were stopping by my house, and it just turned into this big thing. And it's not the same as 9-11, but it's sort of that similar experience where... You know, everywhere I would go, people would talk to me about it, and that's just not the normal kind of day-to-day experience when (laughs) someone passes away. Yeah,
0: and even as you were telling the story, you know, I I could feel like a wave of, you know, energy or or fear for you, and I'm just hearing about that, Um, so living it. How long did it take you to actually go through and write that book?
1: Wow, so it was a good six, seven, no, maybe even more, maybe eight years later, Mm -hmm. and it took me about a year, a year and a half, to write the book, and I kept going back and forth, and I chose to write about how we met through how he passed away, and so it was a kind of a slice of life kind of thing, and it really just Mm -hmm. made me think about that period of time and appreciate it more and really kind of re experience some of the grief that I went through. Yeah. And how long has it been now? It's been 13 years.
0: 13 years. <laughs> and when you, you flew all the way here, I, I know to support me, um, but you participated in the grief lodge. What did that experience um, do for you in, in that grief process? Because, you know, time you know, might lessen the intensity, but it's still there.
1: Yeah. So it was an interesting experience <laughs> for me because I kind of believe in a lot of things like the sweat lodge. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of taking the time not only to think about becoming stronger myself, mm-hmm. but also trying to connect and in, in really focus on people that I loved who'd passed away, which was mm-hmm. probably five or six people. So I tried to sort of send messages to them. And really I had this sensation of, you know, my husband was trying to joke back with me and my mind and uh, my father-in-law and, you know, and and that's how they were all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I said, you would be doing something like this and sort of laughed. And, you know, I I just took it as an opportunity to try to send a positive message to them and and just Mm -hmm. be open to receive something back. So I agree that with time, the intensity is not there as much. It's not like um, Patrick just passed away and a lot of the things around his death, the, the issues are surrounding it. Why did it happen? A lot of that I've sort of processed and dealt with on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, when your spouse passes away, suddenly it's like you're married one day and you're single the next. Mm-hmm. And that for me was really, really challenging because it's not like when you get a divorce, at least there's a timeline, there's mm-hmm. some kind of discussion. But for me, it was like married one day single and next. So I had to not only process his passing, but also just closing out the mm-hmm. marriage by myself, yeah. which was challenging.
0: And the change of identity. Yes. I mean, you were a family to being a single mom, and that's a different identity.
1: It really does. And that's something I really fought against. You know, there's so much of a negative stereotype out there about single moms. Mm-hmm. And I kind of really fought it at first. I thought, and this is something I've given a lot of thought to because I've mm-hmm. definitely changed. But in the beginning, I just thought, I don't want to be a single mom. That's bad. I <laughs> sort of kept clinging to my old identity. And mm-hmm. it wasn't until I really accepted, okay, now you are a single mom. It's not the end of the world. You can do this. And started to really embrace it that I started to thrive. Mm-hmm. So when you fight against your reality, your situation, that's mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. you have even more of a challenge. And mm-hmm. when you accept it, you kind of, are, kind of just get into the groove and go with it. And a lot of times I now talk purposely about being a single mom Mm -hmm. because I want other single moms out there to be able to identify and to say, okay, she's okay. Mm -hmm. I'll be okay too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I love the way you said when you're kind of fighting against your reality and I've, I've done the same thing. Like, this is not what I want. This is not, um, It just makes it worse. And one of the grief uh, books that I um, reviewed in the YouTube channel was about um, ACT-type therapy, acceptance commitment therapy. And it, it talked about pain is inevitable. We will all experience pain. Struggle is a choice. And when we fight it, and I'm even getting choked up saying it because I fight it all the time because I'm a fighter. Like, that's what I do. I want to fix things. Um, But that struggle is a choice. Like, we can grieve. We can organize these thoughts. We can decide what we're doing with these different areas of our life. But in the same breath, give yourself grace because this arbitrary one year is a lie. Yes, (laughs) it is a lie. lie. So, um, thank you. Thank you.